Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to Food for Thought, where we inspire you to think and feed you knowledge that can be applied to your everyday life. I'm your host, Juan Cruz, and today we have here with me, Ishmael Ramirez. Hello. So, how you doing, man? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. A little chilly out today. Really? Yeah. It's like been hot all day, man. No, nah, man, I just, when the sun goes down, man, it's just a nice, cool breeze going through. All right. So, so the reason why we're here for this podcast is because we are doing a fundraiser for a pilgrimage. Now, to explain everybody at home a little bit what a pilgrimage is, and if I miss out on something, you can kind of fill in the blanks here, or if I kind of go off like a little bit. Yep. So a pilgrimage back in the day when somebody would commit a sin or had a lot of sins or had done something that they felt was wrong in the eyes of God, what they would do is they would make a pilgrimage they would make like a long trip and that trip sometimes would be crossing through lots of land you know because you got to remember there wasn't cars so you would put yourself in the face of danger of people stealing from you on your way to a holy land to a priest that was doing miracles i don't know whatever it could have been risking your life exactly and you know, the biggest one being crossing over the Atlantic Ocean because you would go on a ship and risk catching on the ship many people, as you know, some Spanish flu, some disease that your body wasn't accustomed to, and you'd get sick. And by the time you got to the land on in Europe, now once you landed there, you were you would start traveling to the place that you needed to get to, and then you would pray and you know this was kind of like a pilgrimage back in in those days um and then us even as christians we see ourselves as pilgrims because we're only here on earth for just a temporary time we're here just for the average human beings lives between like 75 to 78 years Mm -hmm. so as soon as that time comes you're going off to heaven so you're just in a temporary state living just a few years in this earth until you go to the eternal place as we Christians believe. So now we're doing a pilgrimage to Israel. Now this pilgrimage that we're doing to Israel is we're taking a lot of youth. If I'm not mistaken, we're somewhere around 150 youth that yeah. are going. Right. And these youth have gone through abuses, through uh, sexual abuses, through physical abuses, through mental abuses, through being in drugs because they can't accept parts of their life, uh, you know, d- d- depression, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, they're gaming, addicted to games, addicted to alcohol, addicted to whatever other drugs that they might be doing. And we never like to say no to anyone in these trips because these trips are done once a year usually. And we never like to say no because nobody in, in, in at least in our eyes and you know Ishmael you know and, and myself too included nobody ever said no to us never 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 and I think if they would have said no I think we wouldn't be where we're at in our lives exactly yeah. I wouldn't be here at all I wouldn't be Catholic <laughs> I'll be honest with you I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even I'd probably be homeless like somewhere probably Maybe I would have ended up doing drugs uh, in the street, homeless, without my wife, without my kids, without anybody. Yeah. So just off of that alone, I, these these trips helped me. And 
so we're doing this pilgrimage to Israel. We're landing in Egypt. Right, Cairo. Yep. yep we're going. So we're going to Egypt, and then from there, we're going to travel off to uh, Israel, where we're going to be in Jerusalem, and we're going to spend most of our time there. And then we fly back. We're going to be there for about two weeks. So before I get started, I'm going to put this link on the page. We have no ads today, no nothing. This is just strictly for those of you who want to donate to this uh, because this cause. Yeah, this cause. Because right now we're in a situation where we're like 190,000 short between 150. How we're going to get that money? No idea. (laughs) Not a clue. But if you would like to donate to this, uh, we set up a GoFundMe, which is HTTPS, right? How do you call it? Semicolon? Is that how you semicolon, say it? Semicolon, yeah. Semicolon forward slash forward slash GoFundMe, GoFund.me forward slash three, the number three, A as an apple, three, D as in dog, one, one, E as in electronic, four every time you got to do like that three a a e you know yeah. like how it gets so confusing i know how like customer service does that they do it quick too yeah. like they fly it out of their mouth like a as an apple dog yeah why well, would say it. Go ahead. no no, no. I, I mean i think i messed up it wasn't semicolon it was colon no, colon it. it was colon okay you see that's what we got to do it again okay all right we got to do it again we got to do it again yeah. all right you guys Sorry. pay attention https colon forward slash forward slash GoFundMe dot no see I keep saying GoFundMe <laughs> GoFund dot me forward slash three A as an apple three D as in dog one one E as an electronic and four okay but I'm gonna be putting this link uh, on the description below so you'll be able to see uh, it'll probably you'll be able to click it and just go straight to the page but this is just in case for all you people who clicking is too hard yeah. and like to make your life impossible. There's some people. And hopefully there. you haven't run away because <laughs> we messed up so much. I know, I know. I think actually the fact that we, see, the reason why I don't like re-record this or listen and delete and edit right. is because I think these moments is are what, authentic. Yeah. And people say, you, you know what? Like, you know, Juan doesn't delete anything. Like he kept all the screw ups on there. And I bet you they're listening, laughing right now. Whoever's listening <laughs> is like, oh my God, that was, like, those these guys, guys are idiots. idiots yeah. Dude. All right. So. <clears throat> I'm sorry. So you guys just heads up. I just uh, healed from COVID. I'm kidding. No, I didn't. It was like sinus. I had sinuses. So I have like so much mucus. So if you hear me clearing my throat a lot throughout this podcast, you guys know why. Nowadays, you say COVID and everybody dies. I'm like, no, COVID. Six so, feet. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm going to be putting, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that one more time in case if you guys didn't catch it. Let's see if I can get it right on one shot. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash GoFund.me forward slash three A as an apple three D as in dog one one E as an electronic and four. There you go. There you go. Perfect. I think, I think that was it. Three is the charm, right? That's it. Was it third or was that third. the fourth one? No, nah, third. All right. So, <clears throat> all right, Shmo. What's the experience? What has happened in these pilgrimages? Tell me first of all. Yeah. Let's go back all the way. What was the first pilgrimage you went to? First pilgrimage, I would say uh, Vermont when it's local, and that's back in uh, 2009. First one international is uh, Spain, 2011. Now, so, what was Vermont like? What did you do in Vermont? Vermont, we were, what I remember, because I was still, I would say young, yeah, 14. 
Uh, just on a bus. It was really crowded with a lot of people. I never experienced something like that before. So for me, it was completely new. But what struck me was uh, praying together, hearing the other people's experience. And I was able to um, understand, relate, vibe with, if you will, like with what they were speaking about. Because they weren't speaking about just like, oh, Jesus is Jesus that. It's Jesus concretely in your life. And I think when it comes to pilgrimages, that's exactly what we're after. Not only is it for like atonement for our sins. That's one aspect of it, but also an encounter with Christ. And that's what I was able to kind of get introduced to in Vermont. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when you go, I think this is why this attracts so many youth and so many youth like it. Because you go there and you're not listening to, I mean, it sounds bad. I don't like to say it like this, but like a sermon from a priest at the homily, you know. It's just them enjoying a moment of communion right being together and i think this is the biggest aspect of christian life that gets always put to the side that people always miss out on it's like homily homily body of christ which is all good all this is good the readings everything but then we get lost in the communion part and it's not like god wanted us just to sit there to live a life of solitude by ourselves in the church with thousands of people there but somehow alone yeah, which is not, it's not it. I mean, that's uh, that's just not, especially as a youth, it, it's something that I think appalls us many times because it's just like, I'm just going to follow God my way or or there's not going to be anyone there to welcome me or there's, no, there's not going to be anyone there that's going to understand where I'm coming from. And that's what a lot of youth are, are looking for. At least I was. You know what I mean? I, I, I was totally looking for that. And just seeing the rawness of everyone's life and just having that reflected in so we'll get to the rawness part so let's not jump too far into that but (laughs) but the cool thing is is that you're with everybody and nobody presents themselves i mean some people do because it's natural within humanity but nobody presents himself as perfect right nobody sits there and is like i'm perfect right and it kind of allows you to feel human when you see that everybody else is presenting themselves as a flawed human being and allows you to, to say and it's interesting because when you when you speak that flaw that you have mm-hmm. is the only time you can really fix it. Right. Like in, in I always say the Harry Potter, you've seen the Harry Potter movies, right? Right. So in the Harry Potter movies, Voldemort, they always say like, mm-hmm. he whose name shall not be spoken of. So he always works in the darkest, creepiest, creepiest corners of the corridors, right? Because right. he's he can hide. And this is how our life is when it's like hell. Mm-hmm. And everything is difficult. You can hide in the deepest corridors, like the, the this yep. this evil that lurks inside of you is just like hiding away because you haven't brought it to the light. And I think this is what this pilgrimage does. So you were saying that you were saying that we, in some sense, get the chance to speak openly. Right. So we you do do that because we'll have these Eucharist, uh, the, these like uh, masses. How most people would understand that a mass. And these masses that we do, you know, get the chance to be able to speak and the youth kind of open up or on the buses, you know, we will open up readings by chance and see what it is that comes out for them. And I mean, what what, what was it that impacted you about that? I mean, just uh, again, just, just listening to, to, to everyone being raw, being themselves, uh, just 
concretely just the, some brothers uh, that were speaking about some of their how they got lost in, in, in some addictions and that for me you know I was, I was 14 or 15 you know you had you, you tried anything at that point I well I got drunk a few times <laughs> at 14 15 yeah I mean you know my uh, I I come from a an alcoholic background, not not necessarily myself, but like my my family, you know. Uh, so I mean, it's it's that kind of environment, that kind of party environment that I was just kind of brought up in, you know. And it's and it's normal, and it's viewed as normal. So I mean, just handing someone some some alcohol isn't isn't uh, it's it's not a it's not a sin, you know. It's it's just like you know this this person has to have a good time too. So you really wanted to drink just because of. You thought it was like a man needed to drink, right? Basically, and it also just because I'm also Hispanic. It just if there's any Hispanics out there, you understand, you know. <laughs> there's just like in Hispanic culture, I would say every culture, but also just just Hispanic. in like the Central American right. culture, yeah, yeah, right. You know, it's just it's part of what a man does. You know, the, the man comes home, he's he's a, he's the one who who rules the house. He's also the one who who makes all the decisions and just drinks uh, drinks and can't. Can't be uh, uh, can't be told what to do, you know, or uh, or just gets high or, or whatever it is, you know. He he is he is the man. He's a macho man. He's a machista. So that's just what I you know I was kind of brought up in already. So so you had gotten drunk a few times already, right? Like at fourteen. Fourteen. Like was it like? I mean, excuse for all you guys who are listening, but was it like just tipsy? Like no, I mean like, or like blacked out. Yeah. You blacked out like, at like, fourteen. Uh, yeah, I mean, but like by, I mean, to just get to give some perspective. I mean, I, I was handed like a, a tequila shot, you know, when I was like eight. So I mean, it's just like you know, and that's just, that's just where that that, that comes from. I mean, I think nowadays you were, you were given the tequila shot. Yeah, like eight. So I mean, it's just like at eight years old. Eight years old, you know. <laughs> so I mean, you know, it's just, it, and I think, you know, now not thinking back at it, you know, I'm 27 now, but like. Definitely child abuse, you know. <laughs> Definitely child abuse. I mean, I don't, I don't consider, and I, I'm not saying anything about, you know, I'm not saying anything negative. I mean, that's, that's past me now. You know, I've, I've been able to supersede that and forgive all that with the Lord's help, not because I'm an awesome person. I'm not perfect, but just, uh, just, just that, you know. But that's just where more or less, and that's what I really liked about these pilgrimages. Just everyone is talking about their stories. And it's not just uh, I'm giving you rules like like uh, like the church is, you know, uh, like the church is perceived is what I'm trying to say. Like the church is perceived just as a set of rules, you know, and there's rules, 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 rules. And it's, it's not it's not just that it's it's living, living with uh, is living with your story, understanding it and then seeing how God is able to come into it and change that, you know, change that definition. And that for me is what struck me. And that's what keeps me hooked to these because we're always in a different situation. Uh, at least I am. When, when I when I go to a pilgrimage, it's not always the same thing. Now, when you went, had, did you open up that first time in the pilgrimage that you had gotten drunk or were you quiet about it? No, I was I was quiet about it. I was quiet about it. But, I mean, hearing that other, other people that were much older than me were getting drunk or were having... Uh, sex or or had uh, had an abortion or something like that that kind of thing uh, at least started to to wake me up because I think a lot of uh, a lot of youth and my, myself included at that point I was very asleep 
very kind of numb to it kind of just not not really living like in the moment you know and not really like looking at myself because you know you're so broken you know at some uh at some points in your life that you you can't even stand yourself you know you don't even want to think about what's in front of you and i think at least that put me in front of who i am or in what in what i and what i was living you know and it gave me the strength to further along as i was going through these pilgrimages and as as i uh i grew closer to god naturally i mean really um yeah like because just to kind of put some perspective for everybody who's listening what what will happen is when you when we're on these buses i think i said a reading by chance but to kind of sometimes that lingo doesn't yeah it doesn't really register yeah if you're like a atheist and you don't believe in god then you don't understand what we're saying but what it is is we'll open up a bible by chance because the christian believes that his life exists within this bible so we'll open up the bible by chance any spot you know at any moment the person just says stop or there's a new testament old testament and then they pick left right you know and and so on and so forth and a reading will come out and uh you know a, a few verses and then those verses it's weird because i mean unless you're there you you kind of don't get it but that verse somehow matches with some aspect of your life yeah. so the youth will tend to open up because they see wow this kind of hit perfect for me right now so that's you know the experience will come out where they'll say well this this these verses touched me because it says to me this this and this and in my life i'm going through this and they give the concrete fact of what's happening in their life so this is what ishmael's talking about when he says listening to their experiences because you'll be on the bus and they'll you know there's always like an empty seat in the front and somebody will walk all the way to the front they'll sit down and then they'll open up this bible by chance you know whatever spot in the bible and then we begin to read what that verses by chance all will be and then the person begins to speak and everybody else on the bus is listening to that experience and this is the cool thing because when does this ever happen no we all play fake all the time all we do is lie in our society nowadays so this is what ishmael meant that he was listening to all these experiences so when did you when did you open up then I mean, I would say I would open up more. I was like, so wait, wait. So this is Vermont first one. Yeah, Vermont you were just first hearing experience. One. Yeah. Then you went to Spain. Then I went to Spain. What did you guys do in Spain? So Spain. I mean, first we, uh, we, we gone through a, a few different European countries. So we landed in Ireland and then went to France. But in Spain, um, what I, uh, what I realized it was just it was it we're kind of like in a, in a mountain like a little bit like in a Basque country so it was very barren you know so I I kind of and I I think very deeply sometimes just like I can get philosophical but like I I I compared myself to to what was in front of me and and the the land was very barren so I was just like you know that's kind of how I feel and um you know just like say what barren is because you gotta remember some of these people yeah no no I mean very dry that land that that you can't you can't even you can't grow anything on you know, it's just complete it's desert. Fertile, you know, it's not it's not fertile. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a desert. It's, you know, um, and it's just um, so I, I was kind of comparing myself to, to that, and just uh, and now that I I have friends now, you know, in, in the group and, and everything, and just kind of mingling, and just. Uh, but what did you guys like go and visit? Like, what was what was the first thing? 
that you you guys did first also, place that you visited that you were like that that touched me oh St. Patrick uh, what was it about St. Patrick? Patrick so St. Patrick the, the, the fact that St. Patrick was uh, he was I believe sold into slavery uh, as a kid you yeah. know and 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 um that was pretty powerful just 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 that fact alone but just as as the he receives god's call and he he responds to it and he becomes this uh, this priest and this this figure that supersedes everything that that he's already lived through and it's it's kind of supernatural because i mean if i was holding into slavery i would kind of stay a slave even if even if i was freed i would be a slave in my mind i i think i think you know, so just to see that that kind of supernatural ability to, to come out of that, to completely transform it, and then to give life to other people, was really impacted me and, and gave me hope. And that's the thing, you know, these things give you hope. You know that because you're 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 away from your, uh, from your home situation. You're away from your phone. You know, you're away from. Uh, you're able to think. You know, you're you're away from your stressors. You know, you're, you're able to sit down with yourself and really self-assess, analyze, you know. So what they'll do, because what they'll do in these, you know, these trips, they'll explain the story of the saint to kind of give you some perspective as to what life you're going through. Because there's, at that moment, you know, more than likely, they'll always tell everybody, you know, according to what the story is, they'll say, this person was a slave and you're a slave too. To right. something and they were able to break from that slavery but through love because this is what happened with saint patrick and yeah. eventually saint patrick ends up becoming a priest comes back to the island because yeah. he was sold to slavery in that island then left and then came back if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. and pa saint patrick almost almost single-handedly really fought the celtic uh you know this celtic cult that was happening right. in those times where they believed in witchcraft and magic and yeah. all this stuff and it was interesting because there were so much snakes on the island and he would dominate the snakes so if you see saint patrick a lot of times you'll see saint patrick with snakes either around his feet or wrapped around the uh the staff, the staff that he has yeah. so you know, uh, th this is something that's very interesting, just listening to the story of St. Patrick. So I could see how that impacted you being in Ireland, you know, because we're we're a slave all the time. You were probably a slave to something at that yeah. point. How old were you? So now I'm, I'm about seven. Uh, yeah, now I'm 17, 18 now. And that's more like... What were you doing? School. So what? I mean, then, I mean, I, I had recently, I think, had sex for the first time. Um, and, you know, and also just... Uh, pornography and masturbation was 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 my big uh, struggle, and hopefully you guys aren't scandalized by by what I'm saying. It's just like, but at this point, just because, uh, um, I've seen how God has 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 really helped me out in my life. I'm very open about about what I've what I've been through, what I you know, and what I've uh, where where God has helped me out with. But that's where I was. I mean, also uh, now I'm also smoking cigarettes. Also, get, getting drunk and trying to escape my reality, you know. Did, so, did drinking, got drinking gotten worse at that yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. Drinking definitely gotten worse at that point, yeah. Like you were doing, hiding away from like, your parents? Hiding no, I mean, it was, it was very, it, it was, it was open. I mean, I would hide bottles in my room. 
that's that's something I haven't sold. But I would hide bottles in my room or have people buy me alcohol, you know. And uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, it was uh, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, so, uh, at this point, had you said anything like on those trips still, or you were still scared? No, I mean, I was, I was more inside of myself, but you know, I I, I did see, and I was kind of confronted with with. Uh, with who I was and I had to make a decision you know in regards to what in regards to do I come out of drinking do I come out of do I face pornography masturbation do I get out of fornication I mean what do I what do I do what do I want like who am I you know because I, I felt like I was just kind of numbing myself now mind you like Ishmael I've known Ishmael since we were little kids he's yeah. he's my my god brother so yeah um my mother, my father are his godparents. Now, Ishmael, I had seen you like I mean, you you were terrible, like not not even so much like terrible as in a bad person, terrible like how people might think that I mean it, but as in the sense of like you weren't truly a man, let alone no fifteen, sixteen year olds as a man. But at right. least you have some signs of like what you, how you think you should act to be a man. Right, no, but and was, I did not know. It was interesting because your your whole way of looking at life was distorted. Yeah, I noticed it. Hundred percent. And I've seen a massive change from you now. This is why I wanted you on the on the podcast for the interview because you know I I remember hearing that you had gone on a date and you made your date pay. Yeah. For your for the meal for the meal. <laughs> And it was like, I remember when I heard that, I was like, what is going, going on, on yeah. man? What is he doing, yeah. you know? But to see what you've become now and to see that these pilgrimages have helped you in that sense. Right. I mean, this is this is why I'm, I was left, I'm, I'm, I'm always left at all when God can work, especially through these trips. Yeah. But, okay, so you were in Spain. At that point, you still hadn't opened up everything. You hadn't said no, anything yet. No, 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 still... not everything. What had yeah. you set up to that point? That I had a problem with drinking. I, re- I realized that. You said it. Uh, yeah, I realized that. And then what What happened when you said it? Did you feel like everybody was judging you, pissed off? Yeah, I mean, I felt like I, I, I was going to get judged and I was going to get ridiculed and how, you know, because, I mean, you, you know, just kind of growing up. Because you grew up in the church, but you're not really in the church. You know, you, you have these these assumptions and these presumptions of like of everyone, and you're just like judging the, the system. And I and it, you know, I wouldn't. I would look at it just like, ah, oh, all these people are hypocrites. You know, like they they don't even know what they're, they're talking about. You know, they they don't know anything. Um, and, and, and you're right because I was like that too. I right. I used to think the same thing. I used to look and say, I hate. You know. All the people, people in the church are so because stupid. they're all fake. <laughs> they're all fake, exactly. exactly. But I was being a fake yeah. too, right? Yeah. So I mean, right. but I, you're right. But I and I and I used to say to myself, I, I sit here, and if I say who I really am, they're going to Bible thumb me. Yeah. And yeah. say instead of love me. But what was your yeah. experience? Okay, so you said it, that you were drinking. What, right. How did? What was the response? So I mean, that the response was I didn't get thumped over the head with a Bible. <laughs> I didn't get like slapped in the face with the Bible either. It's just that there was a lot of love there, just in the sense of kind of, you know, just a strong encouragement to come out of that, you know, um, and to and to consider therapy, 
you know, to consider therapy. And that, and that word therapy was like, it was the first time I, I heard it. So it was just like, you know, it was, it was good. You know, I mean, years later, I, I go to therapy for, for other things, but like it, it was good. It, I saw that there was love. It's not like anyone thought anything less of me. And I felt uh, more secure of, of, of who I was, just being open and honest of who I am. I felt more confident. And also just to see that, you know, just everyone accepted me just the way I was at that at that particular moment. And they even helped me to not have it because in Spain, you can you can drink it when you're 16, you know, and a lot of European countries are like that. Uh, at least there were back in 2011. Uh, but like it's, you know, and, and I would constantly look for for alcohol or trying to get drunk or whatever it was or to fight with someone. It's just like, you know, just I, I wanted I, I wanted that, you know, but, you know, and they would help me, you know. And, and it's interesting, too, because when you get when you get corrected, it's different to be corrected in the form of being judged and chastised versus being corrected with love. Right. And you can accept correction with love, but to accept correction when somebody's judging you and kind of beating it down your throat and saying, you know, this is who you are you're so dumb and you know yeah. kind of uh in some ways defaming you that's hard it's hard to accept that but when somebody's coming at you and they're explaining as to why and they're trying to let you understand it and mm-hmm. then still if you don't want to change they let you be and continue to help you that's inspiring right i mean that's where you're truly touched when you see that's true love mm-hmm. so it's not like you know you sit there and then everybody goes oh you're a drunk we love you. You can keep drinking. Right. No, it's oh, you you get drunk, like you shouldn't do that because boom, 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 and then they explain why yeah. and how it affects your physical and your spiritual sense. Right. So that's the beautiful thing about going on these pilgrimages is that sometimes it's so hard to listen when all you have is phones, tablets, TVs. Uh, music and in these trips you just leave everything behind and escape yeah you escape your world because your world right now and everybody listening to your world is just you in your room with this podcast playing with the music that you were listening to before a shower your work and then you don't leave your world you go to work you come back you do all these things and what you just continue back on to your life and that's your world. And the only way sometimes to get you to listen, to see that there's a God out there that exists, to see that more than you exist, is to make you escape your world. Because once you escape your world, you're able to see what's happening. You know, when when you leave what you're so comfortable with, sometimes you don't notice, but you're not aware of your surroundings anymore. You just do what you got to do. You walk forward. And sometimes people will miss the craziest things, whether it's a murder, somebody who just died, somebody who is, I don't know, uh, somebody's getting beaten, their neighbor that's going through difficulties. You're so, you become so accustomed to this garbage of life that you just walk right through it. Yeah. And because you're so, you're numb. you've normalized you're numb. it. Yeah. So now when you escape this normalization, now you're back to awareness. I don't know if you know, but when, when you go to sleep at night in a new place, it's hard for you to pass out right away. 
And it's because your brain, back in the day, we learned this as primitive people. When you go to a new place or a hotel, it's hard for you to truly enter into your deep sleep because you, your mind is aware. And it's supposed to be. Like because it's when, hardwired that way. Yeah, because the the caveman when he would enter a new surrounding, he would have to be like awake, aware. Like he could never enter mm-hmm. into his deep sleep because in case if you heard the smallest little, you know, uh, branch break or you crack, don't want a leopard coming up on yeah. you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Then he would jump up and be like, okay. Exactly. You know? So when you're able to leave these, this world that you're in, and you go to a whole new place, you're aware again. You're awake, like you're looking at everything, you're seeing everything, you're paying attention, you're thinking of things in a different way, and you're seeing life from a different point of view because it's the same world, but yet it's a different world. So for the first time ever, you're seeing that this world that you lived in was so small and there's so much, something so much bigger out there than just you. Because in some ways, your everyday life is just you. Yeah. You're just you. Like, this car is me. My job is me. That McDonald's that I drive through and Taco Bell is just me. So it's like, for the first time ever, you escape and there's no more you. Now you're in somebody else's world. Yeah, there's them. Yeah. And that's scary. (laughs) Yeah, and when you see that, you're like, uh, like, how do I speak their language? Uh, You're putting three fingers, you know. Can I get three eggs, three... uh, You're trying to figure stuff out. And it's a beautiful experience because you see there's so much more and in some ways it makes you step away. And for the first time... In your brain, like a new neural pathway opens up and it goes, what more? And in your brain, once it's in that what more mentality, it goes, but what more of me? This is what makes the pilgrimage is beautiful. When you're out there and you're out of your comfort and you're in a whole new place seeing whole new things, you go, wow. Like, I never noticed all this. I never realized this. This is why we, we tend to like, Try to take the cell phones, take the tablets, take, you know, if we're in a hotel in a place, no TVs. And it's just to make them just think because we don't just think sometimes. So, all right. So you were in Spain. What was the other pilgrimage you went to? Uh, We went to Poland. Um, Also, I mean, there was there was some missionary. Stuff that I was able to do while while I, well I mean to to kind of recap I mean there's also uh, these pilgrimages have not only kind of capitalized on what you were saying before but just like even just noticing that money isn't always green in another country you know when I saw the euro it was it was scary and just what the people were saying um, you know it was scary because it was new it was different I mean and you realize that your your world is so fragile. And that's, you know, I like what you were saying, but it's just, yeah, it's just your, your world is so fragile and it's artificial, you know, that there isn't, a, you know, something objective about reality. Um, but as I, as I was uh, growing up, you know, it, all these pilgrimages helped me to, to kind of, and to make the decision to, to leave to, to the seminary. And, and there was also... Okay, so a seminary, real quick for everybody, yeah. is where a person who is aspiring to one day become a priest so they go to a a i guess you could call it a school um where they go to university but they live there so they live there they leave there it's like a boarding school yeah kind of like a boarding school that's the best way to put it you know where you sit there and you're living 
a complete different lifestyle. You pray in yeah. the mornings. You go to school. You come back. You pray in the, in the afternoon. Um, and they're they're kind of molding you to one day become a priest. So that's so he became a seminarian, which is one step before, or two three steps before becoming you become a priest. priest. Yeah. So I mean, and that was it was interesting. I mean, because there was some some missionary work that that I was able to to be invited to, and and doing that that missionary work, I, I also took that as as like a pilgrimage because you're you're going two by two, you're going with another person and you're going with no money with no phone and you're just you're going to announce what God has done, you know, and those those kind of these kind of situations. Uh, is what really fortifies, I believe, you know, a Christian uh, relationship and also just Christianity in in general. I mean, because you're able to live your faith, um, and and it really challenged me. I mean, I was I was able to to make that decision to to go into the seminary. I did ask God for a sign, and He gave me that exact sign. So, uh, you know, I asked Him for a, to send me with a with a priest and a seminarian. And that's exactly what I was sent with. And I'm in a group of a thousand people. I'm in a room full of a thousand people. And what are the chances for me being with a with a priest and a seminary? And it was clear to me. But you know, also just seeing just other things that that that, that God has done. I mean, he's he's really led me, led me to open up about about all that. And that's once I entered the seminary and I was completely alone, without my phone, without anybody I knew. Really, you know, I was able to really talk about everything in my life. And that's when that kind of opened up, you know. So that pilgrimage to Poland was, was very, uh, very, very necessary, different. Uh, you know, and I'm glad for that one. That Pol- one was good. Now, Poland, did you go with us? I, no, you were in the seminary. Yeah, I was, I was with New York. I mean, I think... I might have I, I might have met up with you guys. I, my my memory escapes. My memory fails me now. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah I, I don't remember either. Yeah. Now, so you go to the seminary. Yeah. For the first time ever, you're really thinking. Right. And you're like, what happened? I don't have a safety net. So yeah. <laughs> I don't have one. Well, what well, what came to mind that you opened up and were like, I you know it's just like just just like. Just reality. Reality just hit me just because, I mean, when you're, like you're saying, I mean, you're in a new place. You're with new people that you don't know. You don't have your cell phone. You can't really go on the computer because that's restricted in general. You know, all you got is, is, is this prayer book, <laughs> your Bible, and these people who are supposed to guide you and the teachers that teach you philosophy and theology. So, I mean, and philosophy just challenges, you know, just to... Your way of thinking, just in general, you know, and and for me, it, it, it did that, and just being exposed to that, just being exposed to a regimen where I I didn't have a regimen, you know, I just did whatever I want whenever I wanted to, and then to kind of be subordinate to someone else was uh, was scary to actually obey someone else. That's not me, you know. So you get there, all this starts to run through your mind, mm-hmm. but you you said you opened up. Yeah about what so i mean it basically like uh reflecting on the past pilgrimages and just how like i like i was, I was like i was talking about you know 14 17 seeing that i was i was in these things i i kind of it, it challenged me to say well why why were you there 
You know, like why what? were you drinking? Why were wh- yeah? Why was I drinking? Why Did was you I? Did you try drugs at that point? I, uh, yeah, I I smoked I smoked weed, but you know, it, drinking was the thing. Yeah, drinking was was the main. thing. Why were you trying to escape? You started exactly. Why why was I trying to escape through, through all of these things? Through all of these things, and then that 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 question really lingered with me. And until like we we, we were praying, and I, I was I was kind of looking over the. The reading of the day. Get close oh, to the mic. Sorry. Yeah, just so- I was I was looking over the the, the reading of the day. Um, you know, I think it was Saint Irenaeus or something. It was he was just talking about suffering, and that word suffering struck me, because I was just like, damn it, I don't have a, I don't have an answer to suffering, and that's what led me to, to to say, well, that's why I was in all of these things. So I asked myself, what am I suffering? Like, what is my suffering? You know, and that's when I understood. I had been uh, sexually abused when, when when I was younger. And don't say don't say the name. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. But I was because this sexu- already got settled. Right, 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 right. right. So that's everybody all. Knows yeah. In the, who's listening? Like, oh, this yeah, has already yeah. been settled. This is all. This is all. This is all been taken care of. Yeah. But I've been, you know, but you know, but I had gone through those experiences, and uh, just uh, just by. Uh, mostly women, by the way, just shocker, right? <laughs> mostly women, but you know, just the, uh, um, and it it was just for me at that point, you know, I I had to understand where I was uh, where I was coming from, you know, I had to really battle with myself to understand, um, and be okay with that. Be, be, be okay with look at that part of my life acknowledge it but see it with with a different lens because it's like i wear glasses to begin with and it's just like when you when you don't have a response to suffering it's like if you're, you're wearing shades all the time you know you know that douchebag that's just like walking around in the store and it's like it's so bright in there but he has like sunglasses on like that's how i felt you know like and, and, and that's how I felt, you know, in, in the seminary. Because people are, are talking about their lives with gratitude. And I didn't have any gratitude. I was so sour. I was so dark. I felt so dark. So, you know, so suffocated. So it came out in the seminary. You yeah. said, like, I'm, you guys, I've been abused. Right. Like, was it like you blacked out everything from your life and then you just right. remembered that? Yeah. Or did you yeah. already have it and you just never wanted to think about it? Like no. did you did you consciously know it, or was it something? Because I know some people will black it out completely. Yeah. So for me, I mean, just because I was uh, I didn't have any of my securities, I knew that stuff had happened to me. I didn't quite remember some details, but when I was by myself and I was able to just look at myself, I was able to kind of it was like a flashback. And and for anyone that ever had like PTSD or something, you you understand like. When you're reliving experiences, you feel like the same emotions again, and it's so different. It's kind of trippy because it's not, you know, you're not even, you're not even getting high. You're not even doing like anything else. But for some reason, you feel like you're that little kid. You know what I mean? Or you feel like you're that that hope that hopelessness kind of invades you, and that's what that, that's what I I went through. But opening up about that, opening up about not only the the abuses but also stuff that I seen. You know, I grew up in a very violent environment. So like you, you in some ways had normalized it, but then mm-hmm. you go to the seminary and then you start seeing what true normality is. is yeah. And then you're like, 
wait a minute like somebody isn't supposed to act like this yeah wait that that's not the way things should have been done yeah and then you go okay there was a problem here yeah it's like why am i different yeah like you You start to realize oh my god like i am the outlier yeah so okay so you you go through all this now obviously a lot of suffering must have came through all this uh but now what pilgrimage happened after uh brazil yeah yeah no no so that's that's so yeah so um no but that was uh it was brazil and then poland but like well poland really like i said helped out just because um after all this stuff comes out and i'm able to 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 really internalize see where why i was i was i was I was going into all of these things and, and because I'm trying to numb myself to the pain, I had to accept the pain, you know, and, and I saw in Poland how much God loved me, you know, and that was something that was, that was really deep because at, in the end, because I was so hopeless, I never felt loved. And then God was the one that was able to, to feel that and help me to understand that. Not only just like from a, um, uh, from a logical perspective, but just really feel that. And that was and faith isn't all about feelings, obviously. But you know, but I, I was able to to feel that, to feel that, you know, I have a father who loves me. All of these things, he was there with me, and that was, and and I'm able to look at it and also surpass it, like Saint Patrick, you know, and and I'm called to that as as a as a Catholic. I'm called to that as a Christian. I'm called, you know, uh, so yeah, and and I mean, you know, and that's that's what I saw. I mean. Um, yeah, we found other pilgrimages after that. I mean, I just so all right. So Brazil happens, Poland happens. Yeah. Then along comes Germany. Yeah. Or no, Germany. No, no, no. Germany is like two thousand six. No, no, no. But what I mean, I, I think no. Absolutely. Oh, After Poland, we went on one more. Where Dude, did we go? I can't oh, wait, Dominican I Republic. Can't remember? Yeah, no, no. Okay, so I can't Dominican remember. Republic. Dominican happens. Republic. Yeah. What happens in the Dominican Republic? Dominican Republic. Now, are you dating anybody at this point? This is after, so I had areas. So I had a pretty bad relationships, but you know, as as you can probably imagine. But um, no, I'm not dating anyone at, at that at that particular moment. And I, uh, like I said, I mean, kind of healing from my my history. Well, because you're in the seminary, of course, you can't date nobody. Right, right, right. You're supposed to live a life of celibacy. Right. Right, Me, especially in the seminary, and as a priest, you take that. Uh, you take the vow. vow, yeah. So, you're not dating anybody. You're off by yourself for the first time ever. Now, in yeah. Dominican Republic, you're out of the seminary because you had yeah. decided, you know what, this life isn't for me. Because in the seminary, it's not like they keep you there locked down and say you have to become a priest. No, no. At yeah, any yeah. moment, you could walk away. Right. And you leave. We do a trip to a pilgrimage. To Dominican Republic, you get to Dominican Republic. What happens in Dominican Republic? So what what I see in, in Dominican Republic is uh, uh, now this is after everything has uh, has come out, but I've I've also been given a a word of because I, I understand like I I want to get married and and I want to have a, have a relationship, but I have all these wounds and, and these things have to heal. And there I was able to get some strength to 
to get that 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 healing on their way the process exactly of healing. of healing you know because it's not just is you know trauma trauma isn't just something that you, you get over from one day to the next you know there's there's a whole bunch of other things but like it's just there, there's a process to that and being open to that so i start going to therapy you know and and kind of understanding okay i have these things that i have to i have to get in a way i got to get rid of but i i need god's help i need you know a, a psychologist a, someone who who's in the field that can help me but also a psychologist who understands christianity because you know there's there's a lot of psychologists who just have their own biases you know yeah. so and you know if and if you listen to it to the podcast you, you you know it's on there so yeah but like it's just um it, you know and just to open me up to to get to that get to that place yeah so Dominican Republic happens and it's interesting because Dominican Republic came around and this is crazy because we went to Dominican Republic this was 2019 yeah we all came back and our whole church got sick so bad, bad. really bad and it was COVID-19 Damn. because come to find out we thought COVID-19 didn't hit America till 2020 of like February we start tracing back everything find out that it's hitting you know America you know, October yeah, of 2019. Yeah. And we got back and we're going through Newark airport, dragging our hands like five-year-olds through yeah. the escalators Licking and the... eating, you know, burgers <clears throat> without washing our hands. I mean, so, I mean, this all begins to happen. We all get sick. Everybody comes back. We're all sick. So it was, it was a beautiful trip right before the, the lockdowns, really, because it kind of left us with a memory. Now, now you're at this point of your life. Okay. Yeah. So that was 2019. Now we're at 2022. It's crazy. Yeah. It's been three years now. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Where are you at in your life? Well, I mean, you got to go to the last pilgrimage. The last pilgrimage was essential. Because, I mean, after after that, I, I also went to a pilgrimage that same year, 2019, to Israel. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And, that was, and, that was, and that was good. I mean, I, you know... Um, not only getting that, that word of, of, of going to, to a therapist, yeah, a psychologist, and just kind of not see anybody, you know, because you got to get over all, the, all these wounds. But just doing, having a relationship with God for yourself or myself, you know. And that's, that's where that found me. So 2020 comes around, and we're going, we, well, we had a different uh, itinerary. Well, everyone had a different itinerary, but we met up in, uh, oh my God, what is the name? The Battlefields. I'm a horrible American, I don't remember. Gettysburg. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Gettysburg. We meet up in Gettysburg Battlefield. And, um, you know, the, this whole pilgrimage, I'm, I'm kind of deciding. So do I continue with, with, uh, with my, with the life that I'm living or... or 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 my past life really or do i make a decision and really settle down with uh with this particular girl you know i i had met girls during this time that i i uh i got out of the seminary and i had to heal and i was going to years of therapy you know and they were they're all nice they're all nice but one really stuck out to me so last year's pilgrimage i really had to make that decision um you know 
for me and, I, and that's that's what i thought you know that's that's what i saw and i didn't want to talk to anybody during that pilgrimage so i was like alone and i was with the guys all the time with the bros you know just whatever and uh after that pilgrimage i really had to sit down with myself for a month and really contemplate am i ready to do this am i ready to do this do i really want to do this Ready and to find a relationship, right? And not you know not only find a relationship, but to, to go all the way because I you know at the and, and all the way is marriage, you know, to get to marriage, you know, because that's what I've I've discerned in my time during the seminary. That's what my my calling was, but I did need to be have some kind of a formation, you know, to see that no, my my life isn't this jumbled up mess. You know, there has to be an order. And um, yeah, that's just that's just what I found, and I was able to make that decision. And so you, so have a girlfriend this now. girl <laughs> that you have, this girlfriend yeah. you have, you were talking to her at one point. Yeah, no, 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 you I mean, decided to go serious. You were talking with. This yeah, girl. no, I mean, since 2018. Yeah. And then you went on a date with her 2018, one day. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it, it was a kind of like a mock date. It wasn't really because because we were with our friends, yeah. but yeah. Because yeah. now. According to this experience, you know, we got to liven up the story here. Right. So, 2018 comes around. Ishmael is still trying to form himself as a man. Right. Right. I say man. Man, woman, you know. We're, we no, 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 In Christianity, <laughs> we're not like, we don't believe in this. In the non-binary. You can be a dog and you can right, be right, right, uh, right. who knows what. We don't care. Truth is truth. You're a man or you're a woman. So, biological he's forming himself man or woman. a biological man. Yeah. Just to clear that up. You know. So we're oh, you, you we got to talk real quick after this. I don't know maybe about a documentary called "What Is a Woman?" Right, right. But right. anyways, we'll we'll, we'll jump to that. So we get 2018 comes around. You're dating a girl, or you're talking to this girl, or you're mm-hmm. mock date. Better said. Yeah. Come to find out, she knows my sister. So mm-hmm. she goes, I went on a date. She yeah. didn't know that my sister was also, you know, God yeah. brothers, right? God, your okay. yeah, she's God my sister, God sister, God sister. Brother, right? Yeah. 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 So she says, "How did it go?" Oh, terrible. Two thousand eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Now, twenty twenty one comes around, yeah. and she's like, "I like this guy." Yeah. So it's interesting how that same girl sees the same guy and sees two different figures right two different human beings so it's interesting like for all you young guys who listen to this podcast you know you see and you think oh my gosh how can i live this life with the who i am because you don't feel like you're a man take the time work on yourselves i mean find yourself with god of course definitely number one first you have to find yourself with who you are as a person and realize who you are and then from there find yourself with with god because then you'll realize all this later on in the future but anyways i don't want to get too deep into that you can listen to other podcasts for all that but other people will begin to see you differently so maybe mm-hmm. the same girls that you think are not attracted to you will one day be attracted to you so yeah. it's interesting how this girl comes along and sees you as like the worst thing ever. Yeah. And now this same girl sees you three years later and is yeah. like, this guy's amazing. Like, yeah, and I, you know, it, 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 that was just, for me, it was just, it was, it was, it was crazy. Uh, 
just because I really thought I, I messed it up. I, <laughs> I thought I had no chance, but I, I, I did it anyway, you know, um, just because I, I really thought about it. Um, I really thought about it. I took that time to, to assess myself and, and go into therapy and everything. I mean, you know, I was trying to not fall back into, into fornication, and thank God, since 2019, you know, I was able to, no, 2018, I don't know, but like, you know, just, I had that time, you know, to grow, <laughs> to grow and to really assess myself. Um, now, and, now, what's the situation now? You guys are dating? Yeah. This is serious? Oh, yeah, yeah, so, so, yeah, no, no, we're dating, we, we gave each other, uh, we gave each other promise rings, uh, but we are also, I'm looking to, to get engaged this year. So, and, uh, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully she don't listen to this. Like, she's not, no, she's not listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sending her the link. <laughs> no, it, you know, it's, it, but, but now you're at the point where life has changed, where right. versus you saw it as a guy who didn't know how to go on a date, how to do anything, to then becoming a young man. And it's not just because you were 17, you know, right. it was because of the life experience that you had gone through. That's why you weren't right. able to more or less know how to conduct yourself mm-hmm. in a normal standing of life. So it's interesting how you kind of get around to all this stuff now and you see how this whole journey has helped you, right. these pilgrimages. So let me go real quick through my experience because this is a pilgrimage. So let's explain, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting here like I'm some perfect person I was born perfect I'm not I was born a terrible I mean I, we're all born terrible nice. people I mean well I think we're all born good no we're all, well <laughs> we're all born this is hard. we're all born pure yeah, yeah. in some sense innocent better and, there you go innocent. we're all born innocent I like that. and I think the circumstances of life screw us up mm-hmm. so we're I was I was born in California I'm an, I'm an L.A. kid. So my parents were going through massive difficulties in their life. My father decides to come look for a job, flies all the way out to, to Connecticut, or drives, better said, gets mm-hmm. into an accident, flips the car, all kinds of terrible things. I don't know if it was the second time he came back. But anyways, comes to Connecticut, finds a job, decides to fly us all out. My mom is living like off of pennies at that point in California by herself. So she comes out to Connecticut. And while we're out in Connecticut, my mom, uh, my dad was kind of going through some terrible things. He was doing his stuff. And my mom is out kind of chasing after my father. They're very open about this. They're, they, they don't hide this at all. So that's, that's why I'm saying all this. We've all accepted this in our life. And I'm, I'm happy with my life because of this. So <clears throat> she decides to go out and chase him to find out what he's doing. Just like a normal woman would do, right? I mean, yeah. And she decides to leave me with babysitters that she thought were good babysitters. And these babysitters would, depending on who they were, they were either hit us. Some would sit down and watch pornography uh, right in front of us and enter into, you know, for all you, if you got your kids listening to this podcast, you should like pull them off a little bit because what I'm about to say is going to be a little bit pretty descriptive so uh they they start watching bad things and then they begin to uh masturbate 
Okay? And I'm watching this as a little kid. All of this. Everything that's happening. So this warped my mind as a child. I grow up and I begin to look at women more as objects versus human beings. I grew up and I'm mind warped at like 10, 12. I'm already thinking about bad images, bad things that you know you should not be looking at, you should not be thinking about. And I'm seeing all this and I'm thinking to myself, this is normal. Just like how you had said, everything yeah. is normal. 15, 14 comes around, I fall into this hard. I started entering into the sin of masturbation, pornography. This has got me so mind warped. This is why I spoke about it in the Dangers of Pornography podcast. If you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it. But I start falling into these difficulties and I don't know. I, once again, I'm still seeing all this as normal at that point. I run into some money, a big chunk of money at 16 years old. I mean, money that you could just like, I felt like I couldn't spend it fast enough. So obviously what it does is it heightens money. If you're not in a great state of mind, mm -hmm. physically and spiritually, money will take whatever addiction you have in multiply times multiply, 10. Yeah. So I sit there and I fall into worse because I'm, I still don't understand why. But I'm escaping my life. I'm escaping my suffering, the sufferings that I've that I had gone through. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, how do I do this? How do I enter into this lifestyle that I feel that is normal? How do how do I kind of you know conduct myself? Because society tells you, right, go make money, go find a great job, find a beautiful wife. And, and you'll be happy right? right? because all movies point towards this so I tried doing this and I couldn't right I, I see that I'm just falling into like a worse depression I find myself like sad quiet I end up falling down the stairs I fall down the stairs I find out I lost my memory and then um, I was diagnosed with cerebral aneurysm and then the cerebral aneurysm I didn't find out about this. I was just like passing out in the middle of school. I would be walking through school, nervous, um, you know, because of some test or something that was happening, some exam that we were doing, you know, about to go for our license and our state board exams, and I would just pass out. And I start going to the doctors to figure out what's going on. They can't really figure it out. Finally, around 19, you know, after I've graduated from high school, all this has kind of passed by, and I realize one thing. They tell me, you're, you have a cerebral aneurysm. They diagnosed me with it. When they first diagnosed me with this, I was so depressed. I was so, so, so depressed. I remember I sat in my car. I was, I had, like, at this point, like I said, I had money, and I had uh, gotten a car that was like a dream car that I wanted so bad. I get the car. And I remember sitting in my favorite car with a beautiful sound system. It was like a popular thing to do to buy a sound system that was like worth a lot of money. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the car and I just began to cry and cry and cry and cry. Doctors left, nurses left, and I'm still in the car crying. Lights went on and I'm still crying in the car. Finally, I decided to like say the hell with this and got in my car, drove back home. Came home, didn't tell nobody. 
Now, I started going, you know, kind of putting a pause to the story. I started going to pilgrimages when I was 10 years old, my first pilgrimage. I was in such a crisis. And I understood, I understood in some ways I was in a deep crisis. Go to the pilgrimage in Italy. I start seeing these phenomenal things, right? Because 10 years old, I was already doubtful. If God exists, why did, why was I abused? You know, right. why would I get a shoe thrown at me? I remember walking through, just walking by, and because somebody's anger would kick up, just the shoe get thrown at me. And I would think to myself, like, why? Why would this happen to a kid? If mm. God exists, why didn't he come down from the heavens, open up the sky, and strike these babysitters with lightning, yeah. right? Just beat them to a pulp. This is what mm. I thought in my head. So I decide, the hell with this. Right at ten years old, I'm already thinking all this. So mm-hmm. imagine those of you who believe that you're Christian or Catholic, and you think that your kids are ten years old. You don't know what dark, deep secrets they're holding. Yeah. This is why it's always important that you speak with them. You sit down at dinner. You make an important time at dinner time to talk with them. But anyways, so I decide. You know what? Like going to this pilgrimage, I'm go to Italy, and I'm seeing in Italy they have like they call it. Uh, heart of christianity or something like that right and you get there and you start seeing the shroud of christ the shroud of christ is amazing uh turin the yeah the turin right turin, yeah shroud of turin. so you get there and you realize when they explain the science behind it mm-hmm. like if you see the face like a 3d printer or something right something yeah you, like you see the image of his face and it looks perfect and you think to yourself okay well what's so fascinating about that well, what's fascinating about it is that if you were to take that same image and put it on your face, it wouldn't work, right? Because you would need to wrap your whole face from ear to ear. And it, mm-hmm. and if you were to lift it up straight back up again on a flat surface, that would be way wider than your face. Right. So it's almost like they believe, the scientists that studied it believe that a light shot from his face and from his body and imprinted the image that's the only way that that way that image could have been imprinted on there so anyways i start seeing the shroud of christ i start seeing saint anthony his internal organs like still not decomposed yeah and this is all contrary to science i started seeing saints that you know uh in the church they believe people who who've lived a christian a true christian life they're called saints. They're canonized. They're be- beatified. Yeah. And I start seeing all these saints with these these bodies that still haven't decomposed. Mm-hmm. All contrary to science. And I'm looking at all everything that's happening. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, my mind was so mind blown about all this stuff. So I go, okay. I, I, I just took what happened in the pilgrimage and I put it in the back of my brain. Right. I still was doubtful. But I was like, I just left it sitting there, like in a in a cabinet, yeah. waiting to one day be open. I go to Canada. I get to Canada, start seeing the same things. Because every time you go on these pilgrimages, you visit different saints, different mm-hmm. holy relics, sites. holy sites. Yep. So I go to Canada, start seeing the same thing. I start seeing these martyrs, these people who had died, you know, for the name of Christianity. I'm like, why would they die? Why, why just not fight and escape mm-hmm. all this why didn't they do something and I, and I see this and I'm like it, it impressed me so much we go through everything I'm fascinated go to Germany 
I start going through all the places in Germany. Same thing. Listening to all the talks that you're listening to. People, uh, Bible being opened by chance. Listening to all these older youth. Because at that time I was 16. So I'm like kind of middle of the pack. And there's some older ones that are sitting there. And they're opening up about all the things. At that point, I think at 16 I had already tried weed. I had already tried some Percocets. Um, I think I had tried some shrooms at that point. Uh, I tried a few different things. Because at that mm -hmm. point I had realized... What what happened to me was effed up. Yeah, really bad. Somebody somebody screwed my life up. That's what yeah. I thought at sixteen. Like yeah, like you, it just it hit me one day. Yeah, like, somebody messed my life up. Yeah, I was supposed to have a good life, and somebody screwed it up. Yeah, and it sounds bad, but I ended up blaming my mom. But we we reconciled, but I blamed her for it. So I had a bad relationship with my mother at that age. So sixteen comes around. I'm in Germany. Poland, still the same thing. 19 comes around, right? At this point, I had been abused. I had gotten into an accident. 19 comes around. We're going to Australia, another pilgrimage trip. Mind you, all this stuff that's happening to me is still sitting in the back of my mind, all oh, these my. different trips, all these different historical sites that we're going to. And then I get to the point where it's Australia. Australia, I was so desperate. Australia, I got to the point where I'm like, I can't do this. Six months before we go to Australia, maybe more, eight months, because it was probably December. We went to Australia summertime. I am working. Got my, my car that I had dreamed about. Working, and I'm like, that's it. One day, after everything had gone through, I decided I'm going to commit suicide. I tried drugs, I had entered into fornication, I had um, taken my brand new car, you know, uh, drove it through the Gold Star Highway, which is like a huge, like six lane highway. It, it's like a mile long bridge. And I remember just driving the car and at 120, hitting the e-brake and spinning. And then burning the car out, and just, you know, at 120 miles hour 120 miles per hour again going through adrenaline rushes i was stealing people's rims at the time because i just wanted to get a rush a rush yeah. i just wanted to get an adrenaline rush so i'm sitting there and i'm like i what do i do you know and 19 comes around and i'm like money i remember buying tvs laptops the newest phone that always came out eating beautiful dinners take you know i wanted to go out to eat and i wanted to go to a restaurant but i wanted to be by myself so my friends didn't have money i'd pay for your money i wanted to go buy a jacket but i didn't want to just buy a jacket for myself i wanted you to have a jacket with me but i knew you wouldn't go with me unless i bought you something yeah. so i'd say you come with me yeah. not you you but i'm saying yeah so I sit there, 19 comes around, and I'm like, that's it. Like, I was probably December. No, I was probably 18th time, December. And I say to myself, I am going to commit suicide. I was so tired of life. And everybody saw me like I was happy. This is why I see, like, Robin Williams, all these actors that look happy, and then they just one day just yeah, they commit suicide. lights out. Yeah. Because that's how I was. You looked at me. I don't think you ever saw that, right? No, I mean, I remember you being really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you would always have something new on. 
or or something something was going on but yeah, like but like i looked like i was okay yeah but inside i was suffering i mean i was just like i hated hated my life right so finally i sit there and i go um i'm going to I'm going to commit suicide. I decided to leave work. And I said, if I'm going to go to church and I'm going to go to a mass, and if at this mass something doesn't touch me, I'm going to hang myself. Like tonight. I remember I started running. I, well, I started driving to the church. My car breaks down. I'm like, what the hell? I get out of the car. I start running to the to the to the church mm-hmm. I run and as I'm running some man stops me and he's like give me money give me money like he's just asking for money homeless man doesn't want to let me go he's got me like gripped tight to my jacket I'm like forget this I push the guy off of me I start running I make it to the to the church right at the moment where the gospel's being read but a little bit before that I think I was at the the psalm or the responsorial psalm in between the first and the second reading actually so I get there and everything touched me. I mean, everything. So much I began to cry. I was quiet by myself, just crying. I was still in my work clothes and everything. Everybody was dressed up, beautiful clothes for mass, and I'm still mm-hmm. in work clothes. So 19 comes around, Australia comes. I decide to open up my life. And I tell everybody, this is what I'm going through. And that's when my life began to heal. Mm-hmm. All those secrets that I had been just burdening, holding all my life, that nobody knew about. Right. Mind you, I still, I still didn't let out the abuse. I just started to like open up this can of worms, like, and not until like twenty three, twenty four, did it all come out. Abuses, difficulties, and no, you were married at that point. I was married, yeah, and everything finally begins to have the. What's the word I'm looking for? Everything just starts to make sense. Right. Because I start to look at it through different eyes. And Mm -hmm. all these pilgrimages helped me for that reason. Exactly. Each one was a filing cabinet that was put, an arsenal, a weapon, waiting for the day that it would just all kind of come together. And then I went, aha, like I had the eureka moment. Yeah. Where I was like... I get it. I know what it is. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So, I mean, these pilgrimages are amazing. Like, this is why we're, we're, we're giving our experiences because we want whoever's going to listen to this podcast, I want you to share this link. I want you to share these stories. Maybe we're not the greatest storytellers, but this is going to help out for all these youth. All these youth that we're bringing, all of them have some difficulties. Whether parents who their father just left them out of the blink of an eye, just abandoned the whole family, abandoned them at 12 years old. Others who were abused as little kids. Some who are drunk because they're trying to escape life. Others who are addicted to games. Others who just don't have any moral conduct in life no ethics nothing and they just live like jerks because nobody decided to speak to them to talk to them i mean these 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 pilgrimages that we do they help out everybody 
and there's not a single person who's like excluded to say no you don't fit the criteria no what yeah. is your problem gaming all right well gaming is blah 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 blah. what is your problem abandoned father what, what is your problem what is your problem or your, your father problem? died yeah my it father is. passed away yeah. early you know uh who knows what you're suffering that it is that you're that you m- might be going through but this is a what's the word i'm looking for this is like a key to life to being able to live life mm-hmm. to understand your life yeah, to, to meet christ yeah so all this is being stored away that's how i look at it these trips help out even if you go once it, it leaves such an impact mm-hmm. i mean there's people who leave I'm not saying that everybody's going to be saved and everything, everybody, everybody's going to be okay. There's going to be some who are going to enter and they're going to have their few moments of wanting to be good and then they're going to say, forget this. I don't want nothing to do with this life anymore. Right. There's going to be those few that it happens. But your donation does go towards a good cause because even if just one, even if just one gets saved, all this is worth it. Even if just one converts and just says, I don't want to live this life no more and gets out of that suffering, that hellhole he's in, all of this becomes worth it. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to add anything to this. No, I mean, just like it's 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 necessary. It's necessary for, for Christian formation, but also, I mean, it's, it's, it's that an encounter with God and whoever is, is donating, you know, it's, it's like... Yeah, it's also an experience for for you, even if if you don't believe in in Christ, or whatever it is, or wherever you find yourself, or if you've kind of just not wandered off the path, if you will, whatever it is. I mean, you're this this is also gonna gonna help you out. I mean, who who knows? Maybe maybe this kid is the one who's gonna knock on your door, wherever you are, and just say, hey, you know what? God loves you. You know what I mean? Or whatever it is. I mean. I, I've personally gone, you know, to Bermuda to the different states doing this. I mean, with no money in my pocket, with nothing, you know. And it's just you, you'd be surprised by the people that, that you meet, you know. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, but but it is it, it is a it is a great help. Yeah. So let let's read this. <clears throat> let's read this off one more time. I'm gonna put the link once again in the below. description. In the description of this podcast, but let's read it one more time. Let's see if I can do it on one shot. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash GoFund dot me forward slash three A as an apple three D as a dog one one E as an electronic and four. Okay, so you can plug that in right now, and you can actually go into the GoFundMe page that we have set up. And begin to give a donation. And all this is going to go towards a good cause. We don't skim no money. So I'm one of the people that goes to help out because I was one of the young ones that did it. And as you grow up, you can kind of uh, be part of this and help out. So I don't take the money. I pay myself going to these trips. So I skim no money. I take nothing. I get, I put myself into debt in these same scenarios too. So this is this is all a big thing. And it's interesting because right now, more than ever, we need this. Right now, there is some crazy, hectic stuff happening in our world. 
saying the craziest things. This is why I homeschool my kids. Because you have people teaching that it's okay for you to be whatever you want to be. You can't be a clothesline. You can't be a shirt. You can't be a dog. And you can't be a cake. You are either a man or a woman, period. Absolutely. You know, you're biological gender and sex you know when people say oh one's a social thing and the other one's a biological and it's like mm, yeah. no you know it's important for all you who are listening if you get the chance you should go out and listen to what is a woman the uh the documentary that's done where they ask matt walsh yeah where they ask they'll say what you know they ask all these different psychiatrists these people who they specialize in being doctorates or they have phds in these fields where they're experts at in what their sexuality is and their freedom to be whatever and it's interesting because they say this and at the end when they're asking all these questions they ask them what is a woman and they don't and they say no one can respond yeah not a single like, person. Uh, 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 or they wander around the... <laughs> and then they'll say, well, a woman's a woman. They're like, well, yeah. what is a woman? A woman. It's like, but what is a woman? A woman. And nobody can really give a response because the only way to give a response to what is a woman is if you just say a woman that has... Is, is a biological woman. A woman that, that, has, that, that can bear children. You know, and this is just it, that has you know a what's the word? I don't want to say it like that. No, but the uh, man, she has uterus. fallopian tubes, a uterus, yeah, she has a right? Uterus. Yeah. yeah, and a man is a man who has genitalia. So uh, yeah, and you whether you like it or not, this is what it is. And I mean, it's crazy because. They are subliminally putting it everywhere. They're shoving it down your throat. If it's so natural for you to be a woman, then you're going to one day grow up to be a woman. You don't have to inject hormones for you to become a woman. That's not natural. It's interesting. I was saying in one of the podcasts, it's interesting how we don't mess with nature. Like if somebody messes with the nature of frogs, they were putting pesticides and frogs were being destroyed and crickets and who knows what. And they had a whole heart attack about it. Now we're messing with humanity and it's with like, it's okay. Beings. It's okay yeah. to do it. So, you know, this is, somebody's got to talk to these youth and if most people are scared, most people are scared to speak up about this mentality, this way of thinking mm-hmm. I'm not. Whether you want to be you, I say this all the time on the podcast, if you want to do whatever you want to do, that is fine with me. Because I believe as a Christian that we are at free will. And that means if you want to choose that lifestyle, well, my friend, you go ahead. You yeah. do what it is. God what himself do? didn't doesn't come down and strike anybody. No. So who am I to judge you? Right. You want to do that? Go ahead, do that. I got a problem when it becomes you're telling my kid how he needs to live his life. And you're shoving it down every single avenue <clears throat> on YouTube, on social media. You know, are you gay or not? Like, you know, it's just, it's like, it's everywhere. I mean, not just because it's Pride Month, but just in general. It's just, it is everywhere. Um, you know, so. And the truth is the truth. I mean, you can't. Uh, the truth isn't. Uh, I hate when people say, 
well, that's your truth. No, no, no. There's, There's an no objective such... truth. There's yeah. a difference between objective truth and subjective truth. Yeah. So a truth is a truth regardless. There's no such thing as your truth in my truth. There's just the truth, period. Objective truth, yeah. Which is blue is blue, green is green, whether you like it or not. Like there's, I don't even like objective or subjective truth. But I mean, that, those are two categories. I know, I know, but I don't like it because it's just the truth. Period. There's no subjective truth. It's like saying another. That's okay. Your yeah, truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? No, no, I know what you mean. I know. What you mean. I don't even like the word subjective truth. Right. Is just truth to me. I mean, I get what you're saying because yeah. that's the technical way yeah of saying the the literal way but i don't like it i hate it because we're still giving we're still giving acknowledgement to lie as a truth right right and i'm like i i hate that i hate when people say well that's your truth no 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 it's not it's not my truth it's not so so then i asked them so what is the truth and this is what matt goes into yeah (laughs) And he's like, uh, people don't people don't ever know what to tell me when I come down to this. Ask if for all of you who who get caught up into these conversations, just ask them a simple question. Well, then what is a woman? And there's something I forgot what it's called, but he says it, I think, on there where it's like circle, circular philosophy or circular uh, reasoning, circular reasoning. Yeah. yeah. Where you just respond with. The question that you're responding to is the very that the answer that you're responding to the question with is the very question itself. Itself. Yeah. It's so, like why is the sky blue? Because it is. Yeah, because it's blue. It's like, <laughs> it's like oh, why is it blue? Because it's blue. Yeah. It's like, but what is blue? It's like blue. So it brings you back to a whole circle. No. So uh and this is this is the problem that we're finding ourselves in is people are living in just like la la land they're living yeah. in disneyland and this is crazy to me this blows my mind it's like if everyone's getting brainwashed i mean and, that's why i'm not on social media i can't do it yeah and 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 i said this i think what i think what what i the world the universe society is going to do is going to destroy the woman it's already doing that i mean it's it's, it's always been there's an attack on a nuclear family i mean it's just always no been. but i think it's the woman yeah, yeah i mean in general yeah i mean it's you can see it everywhere like okay so check this out sports men are going to dominate right because if transsexual people are able to enter the sport oh there is a decision okay. made actually recently because there was a transgender athlete doing a, a woman's competition and i think she well she i guess she because she identifies as a woman was kicked out i forgot uh, yeah so i think that women are going to be lost and put in the back burner and it's going to be men that are going to come out on top on everything sports business cooks i think the woman is going to get lost because the very thing that the woman is good at, they're taking away even what they're good at. Because they're allowing a biological man to come along and to take it all. Whether they like it or not, the woman is going to be discouraged from wanting to play these sports. So they're gonna, it's just going to be a whole bunch of transsexual men playing women's sport and men's sport. 
Notice how there's no woman going into the men's side. You ever notice that? Yeah. The problem is not. Yeah, the problem is not women going into the men's side, because no woman can even compete in the men's side. The problem and it's is it's not even like like a we're macho men thing. It's just biological. Yeah. If you take the extreme on both cases, right? If you go to the extreme of the strongest man and the strongest woman all out there, the strongest men at the extreme cases will dominate hands down. Right. You know, so same thing. The fastest woman versus the fastest man, the fastest man dominates. What is, can you look up what is the, the fastest man's running speed? World record fastest man. And then, like, what would be the world record for what? So you, so you look up world record for fastest man, and then we got to find out what's the world record for fastest woman. Okay. So yeah. what's the fastest for man? for the hundred meters? It's Usain Bolt at nine point five eight seconds. Nine point five eight seconds. Yeah, and he won that back in uh, two thousand nine. Okay, so 2009, 9.58 seconds. That's yeah. man. And then women's world record is 10.49 seconds. Uh, and that was set by Florence Griffith Joyner in 1988. And there hasn't been anyone since that's broken that. Okay, so just so you guys know, you guys think, whoever is listening to this podcast, you think that that's close. Mm-hmm. That's not even close. In the women's world and in the men's world, Usain Bolt beats other athletes by fractions of a second. Now, how many fractions of a second does Usain beat beat everybody else? By a lot, but we're only talking fractions of a second. When a woman and a man try to break world records, they're just trying to shave off fractions of a second. We're talking about fractions of a tenth of a second in order to be able to break world records so at 9.58 seconds versus 10 seconds we're talking about such a massive jump okay i mean that's crazy to me to think that we're able we're allowing this to happen in our societies becoming okay with it i think we're, we're not okay with it i think we're just so scared to go against to go against the what looks like the norm yeah which isn't the norm which is not the norm but yeah i mean well anyways and anyway that was the uh world world swimming uh that they did ban transgender athletes and they're limiting it to uh it will only permit swimmers who transition before age 12 to compete in women's events because that's before men hit puberty and i think even at that i think we don't Not have that they're encouraging them to do any transitioning before yeah. 12. but so. i i think we're we're still not gonna know if the man will have a biological uh what's the word i'm looking for a biological advantage we don't know that yet i think we're gonna have to wait to see how many young boys at 12 years old that are world record athletes world olympic athletes compete 
to then say, okay, you tr- you transitioned at 12. All the 12-year-olds that transitioned into a woman at 12, yeah. they all dominate. Then we'll know, okay, there's still a biological advantage, advantage here. But I mean, but still, I mean, it's... it's, it's, it's or, I hope no one transitions before that age. It's just those things are irreversible. And that's and that is also something that is also in that documentary. And, what is and a woman? oh and here's the thing. My wife my, my wife has looked this up like crazy, but the if if you look up transgender uh regretting regretting sex change or something like that, if you yeah. YouTube this, you're gonna find so many women who regret doing this. So, so, so many men and women that regret doing sex changes. And the depression rate is so high. I mean, they want to commit suicide all the time. You look at that I Am Jazz girl. I mean, she is like, she went through massive depression. There's still a lot of rumors that she's going through massive depression. I mean, anyways, I I don't like to get too much into yeah. those people because i i I don't like to say those people we're all people we're all human beings why did i say that that's still wrong but what a dick yeah (laughs) so but we're we're trying to be just regular human beings and i think when we can't accept the reality of our life or parents can't accept the reality of the life of the child they want to make them fit the reality in which they think is their reality which and we enter into that subjective truth where they think their their way of thinking is a truth but it's not truth is truth people so once again i think let's finish up the, let's finish up this podcast i hope you guys enjoyed this i hope you all enjoyed listening to this story um i'm in the works of trying to do a interview with somebody very important hopefully i can make it happen and support support the podcast if you get the chance subscribe because when you subscribe you'll always get notifications every time when new podcast drops also um you can uh enter into the patreon uh right on through podbeam so you can give some support a dollar whatever it is and that allows me to be able to kind of make these podcasts a little bit more consistent. If you notice, I kind of fell off for like almost two months. Uh, I was doing a lot of things. I'm trying to get back into it. I'm trying to do this more as a consistent thing, but it's difficult. I have seven children. I have my own business. And I'm trying to do these podcasts. A lot of people say that it helps them. I've heard a lot of people tell me that they were in depression. Some people were going through suicidal thoughts. Other people... I uh, didn't believe in any God, anything, period. And these podcasts have helped them. So continue to listen to the podcast. Check this out. Uh, always keep an eye out for the new episodes because I don't always do them consistently. So I hope to get to that. That's what Patreon will do. It'll help me to kind of step away from work, still be able to provide for my family, and still come up with these podcasts. So keep an eye out. Hopefully you enjoy it. Once again, Don't forget, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash GoFund.me forward slash three A as an apple, three D as in dog, one, one E as an electronic, four. If you would like to donate something, please. We still owe like $190,000 to the trip. 
and a lot of donations have come in, but we're still 109,000 short. So if you would like to donate $200,000 to give an extra $10,000 for each person just to be able to spend, you can totally put that <laughs> into the GoFundMe. But seriously, give something. Whatever it is, I've put in myself. So courage, hopefully all of you. Um, so have I, by the way. Yes. Hopefully all of you are able to give even just a dollar. A dollar will help. Even if yeah. all you listeners just give a little bit of that. And if it's not it's not for us. It's for all these uh, youth who are going who do have come from very rough backgrounds. So letting you know. All right. Put that out there. So thanks to Shmel. I hope everybody enjoyed his experience and mine as well. And yeah, until next time. God bless. Bye.